Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we're sponsored by Ruse Brews. Please check them out on Facebook and or Instagram. I believe that they have a new Clingtoberfest uh, ready for this fall season. It's getting a little bit cooler. Grab yourself a Clingtoberfest. Check out Ruse Brews. All right. Well, hey, uh, this episode that we have here today, uh, this is one that's been in the making for quite some time. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth trying to find a, a time to schedule this in. Um, and uh, we were actually able to do it this weekend because the... Uh, TCU Horn Frogs took on the ETBU Tigers. So we have the head coach of the ETBU Tigers. We have Alan Savage coming on. Alan, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, Alan, I really, really appreciate you coming on. We were originally going to do this yesterday, which was your birthday. So I must say, happy belated birthday, Coach. Thank you. appreciate it. And, uh, and, and so you've already played your two games this weekend, but your boys were able to give you uh, uh, two wins, which is a, a nice birthday present. Wasn't that nice of them? I was really, really, really nice. Yeah, it was. It was. And uh, <clears throat> I can say, you know, um, we're considered to be TCU's uh, home rink, if you will. So I've gotten to... Uh, watch them play and uh, you know they're skating really hard uh, you know they kind of have a, you know, what's what's the best way to say it uh, they're they're working on uh, getting players into the organization they're kind of uh, they're, they're trying to grow it um, whereas you guys are um, well what do I want to say without pumping your tires too much uh, you guys have a, a lot of players and a lot of really good players and uh, your organization's kind of been set up that way for for a little while now hasn't it uh, yeah it's our sixth year um, and we, uh, we, we've grown a lot in six years though. We started with a little bit like TCU with 12 players. Yeah. Uh, second year we had 16 and then, then went on and on. And, yeah. uh, now we have so much play, so many players that we, uh, we started a second team. Yeah. So. No, Hey, that's great. Um, cause it's one of those things I was talking to one of the TCU kids, uh, yesterday and, you know, they were just kind of talking about the games and obviously, you know, the, it didn't go well for TCU. Um, but what I was trying to tell him, because, you know, he's just a freshman, but I was like, well, you get to be the part or the start of something, you know, you like you're you're putting your time in now. So that way, you know, maybe by your senior year, when when this team gets a little bit better, you can look back and be like, hey, like I was there at the very beginning when things were tough and like, you know, um, but it, it does kind of uh, uh, create some character. But uh, I do want to get into um, um, obviously the Tigers here in a little bit, but um, if it's okay with you, Alan, or can I call you Savvy? Everybody calls you Savvy. Can I call you Savvy? Savvy's excellent. Okay, awesome. I'm going to call you Savvy then. Um, all right, so uh, you kind of have to start off the episode the same way everybody else does. Um, I, I know that you've coached for a while, but I wanted to kind of get into how you started just uh, being involved in the game, and not necessarily uh, the first time that you stepped out onto the ice, but, you know, can you, you're from Canada, correct? Yes, sir. And you're from Montreal? Is that yep. you said? Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and make an assumption that uh, you were on the ice at a pretty young age, but uh, can you kind of just talk us through how you got involved in the sport? What stood out for the first time? Was it a family member that got you involved, or was it something that you just uh, decided to do on your own? So uh, it was my dad. My dad played uh, junior B back in the days uh, in a small town called Gaspé, uh, uh, of, of course, I'm French Canadian. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. uh, you still have a slight accent there, Savvy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he moved to Montreal to uh, to get uh, to get a job, and uh, Montreal is a big hockey town, yep. uh, as you all know. I'm, uh, I pro well now you know I'm a Habs fans. Um, we know now. Anyway, so, out of the bag. So my dad took me outside and uh, at a park and put me on the ice. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, uh, from, from what he told me, I don't remember that, but from what he told me, he put me on the ice and uh, watched me skate. I, uh, skate, I was three years old, mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't want to skate, and uh, it was freezing outside, and he took my gloves off, and he said, when your hands are cold enough, you'll get up. Yeah. So that's how I learned how to skate. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so, so your dad kind of, uh, I'm not going to say he pushed you into it, but uh, the, I usually t try and tell people that I, I really think that three is that golden age. It's just the, you're just, you know, capable enough of kind of balancing yourself on skates, but uh, it kind of gets you used to it before you can kind of uh, uh, get that fear factor. Sometimes when kids get a little bit older, uh, they might be a little bit more scared of being embarrassed by falling down. But, you know, when you're three, you're just, you know, three. And you're just trying to balance and figure out what life is and what this new sport is. So I think three is a great age. But uh, anyway, at, at some point, you actually start, uh, you pick up a stick. 
uh, puck goes out there. Um, how does that uh, first, I don't know if they called them mites or atoms, or I'm not sure what they were. It was were. novice at the time. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Novice? Okay, novice. so, so, so what, what was that like, kind of your uh, introduction into playing, and, and how long did it take until you kind of got uh, uh, serious about it? Well, um, it, it didn't take long. I, lo- I love the hockey. Mm-hmm. I just love watching it. Um, from what I remember, it, it's been a long time ago, right? So <laughs> yeah, I always like asking. I remember, these it was uh, it was a fun sport. Yeah. Uh, I was with my friends all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played inside, outside, uh, in the corner of the rink with yeah. our shoes, you know, with a puck or a piece of a ball of tape. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, that was fun for me because I was meeting new friends and. Mm-hmm. Just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's something, too. Um, uh, my father's side of the family uh, is from Minnesota, so they grew up skating outdoors. Um, but one of the things that he talks about is that uh, um, there are certain moves that he calls pond hockey moves that are just based out of uh, creativity, that a lot of that happens of just playing against your buddies. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a small area, but kind of just playing against your buddies for hours and hours at a time because there's really nothing else that kind of gives you uh, kind of that uh, game experience, if you will, you know, except just playing with your buddies, because I'm assuming you're like me, you know, because we would start, our, ours was roller hockey, because we couldn't, you know, skate outdoors, because it was too warm in Oklahoma, uh, but, you know, we'd still play roller hockey for, you know, six, seven hours a day, you know, um, and it was just one of those things where I really felt like uh, it brought out a lot of uh, creativity and skill that we might not have been able to uh, want to try out in, like, a real game, I guess, per se, so it just, it gives you more uh, more time to learn, if you will. So I always love the, uh, the, the outdoor games there. Um, but at what point now does it start getting serious? Because um, I've had some other uh, uh, Canadians on the, on the podcast, and uh, it usually works out to where you kind of represent, like your travel team is like your town. Is that how it was when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. So in Montreal, you had uh, five separate teams. Um, I was part of the... It's a French word again, the yeah, Jeune Sportif no. d'Ochelaga. Uh, say that again? Uh, Jeune Sportif d'Ochelaga. What does it mean? Uh, it's Young Sports Kids of Ochelaga was my town. Uh, okay, cool. So, yeah. um, We're learning so, here. So played uh, single A, uh, novice, uh, but I was also part of the Adam team, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Adam A, yeah. uh, which is um, what would be now 10, 10 U. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be 10 U now. Uh, so I would play on two teams um, for my hometown. Right. But then uh, you go up to Double A after that, mm-hmm. and I made the team in Double A at the year after, and then I stayed in Double A after that the mm-hmm. rest of my. What uh, What position are you playing? Uh, I was playing uh, center at the time. Center at the yeah. time. All right. Re- yeah. Responsible. Were you playing responsible center? Playing good. Uh, <laughs> and I was more of a goal scorer. Oh, so I, I see. I see. I didn't play well in my own zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> just hey, just give me the puck. Just, yeah. give, me, just give me the puck. No, that's uh, that's too funny there. Um, so it's one of those things to where, so now you're playing double A. Um, at this point, are you starting to think about whether, because I'm assuming that the route um, that most of the, most of the people like yourself take is the junior route. So at a certain point, uh, do you go from double A uh, to juniors? Because we know at a certain point you obviously go pro, um, but before that happens, how does that transition from, uh, we'll, say, we'll say highly competitive uh, travel into uh, either juniors or, or where, where do we go from there? So uh, when AA, uh, Adam, Pee Wee, which is 10, 12U, 14U, then I jumped into midget AAA, mm-hmm. which was your top. You didn't have anything above uh, AA at the time. Mm-hmm. If you jumped to AAA, it was midget AAA. Right. And usually the midget AAA players would jump to into the major Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so that's what happened is I made the team, uh, played one year with the, the midget AAA, got drafted in the Major Junior Hockey in the Shawinigan, the, the Cataracts. Um, played four years for the Cataracts. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was amazing. That, yeah. was, that, that was fun. But, you know, to go back to your question, what, when do you start thinking about if you want to play hockey yeah. or not? Uh, it was probably when I was 15, mm-hmm. 16 there. I was also a baseball player, uh, pitcher. I was, they say I was pretty good. Yeah, they, what uh, do you say? You think you're okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think I was a good pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got the uh, offer to go down to do the spring uh, training down in Florida mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with a team there. Uh, and my dad 
told me, kind of told me, uh, there's not many Canadians playing yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. baseball. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, here you so I, yeah. I picked the hockey uh, hockey branch on that side and branched off to hockey and stayed yeah. with it. Yeah, but, you know, your dad didn't make that decision for you, but yeah. every, every once in a while they just have to kind of step in and say, hey, I'm just uh, letting you know that, uh, you know, these are maybe the facts of life here. But, um, um, but it, hockey ended up obviously uh, working out for you. Um, so at what point? Do you, you know, start thinking about getting drafted or playing pro? Um, because uh, I'm assuming at this point you're playing with a lot of really, really, really good hockey players, um, but not all of them go to play uh, professionally. So, you know, kind of at what point are you uh, thinking like, hey, like I might have a, a real, you know, shot here? Because, you know, I've probably, I have a, a lot of people on the podcast, but, you know, as far as having, you know, ex-professional hockey players, you know, it's probably just a handful. So, when I have the chance to ask that question, I like to ask that question. And also, you know, there are some people that were kind of surprised that they were able to go and play professional, and then other people kind of knew um, that that was always something that they were capable of doing. Um, what kind of, what side of the fence, you know, did you fall on for that? Well, uh, I think my, after my first year of juniors, uh, mm -hmm. I really thought that I could do, I could have a career in hockey. Right. Um, so I started thinking about, you know, playing better, getting drafted, but, you know, on my side of things, uh, women get in the way, <laughs> alcohol get in the way, yeah. uh, bad mm -hmm. decisions. Mm -hmm. um, I was, was I a good enough hockey player to do it? Probably. Yeah. Uh, but bad decisions made where I didn't well, get picked. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had two seasons, 50 goals plus in the, in the Quebec major. Yeah. And that's, that's really good. Yeah. And, but, you know, my bad decisions off ice. Well, uh, made but, where... but, but, but it is a thing. And I mean, I, and I can say, you know, speaking from experience that when you kind of go off on your own and you can relate this to hockey or, you know, it doesn't have to be hockey, but when you go off on your own, especially, I'll say, especially hockey players, they're used to maybe having their schedule uh, kind of regimented for them. And then, you know, you go to play, you know, juniors or college, and all of a sudden, like, you have more opportunities to not be responsible. And unless you kind of are, because there's nobody that's really making sure that you're doing those things, because at the end of the day, uh, if you're not doing those things, coach doesn't necessarily have to keep you around. And if you're not making the grades, the school doesn't have to keep you around. And it's kind of one of those situations to where it's, it's a pitfall that I think a lot of, you know, people get into. Um, but it also just takes, you know, sometimes it only takes a, a few bad decisions, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we get smarter, we get wiser. Um, I think some of the wisest people in the world are the ones that have made a lot of mistakes because um, eventually, you know, people do learn from, the, you know, some of those things. So, uh, Savvy, I don't think that you're the, uh, the only one. So uh, hopefully you don't feel alone there. Um, but anyway, so um, at what point, because I do know that you, you do end up playing and um, was it the, the CHL at the time? No, actually, uh, my I never played in the CHL. Oh. Uh, I went to play my first pro uh, year was in France. Oh, it was in uh, France. In the French okay. uh, French elite league. Uh, it was my first contract there. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it was the hockey's really different. I loved the uh, hockey exp the, the life experience in France. Yeah. But the hockey was more. Um, I mean, it was the top league, but still, you have guys that have jobs on the side working, yeah, yeah. Uh, practice once or twice a week. Yeah, uh, it, it was just different from what I was used to in juniors playing almost a hundred games a, a year. Yeah, uh, you get over there, and you play twenty-eight games a year, uh, practice. Like yeah. I said, once or twice a week. Yeah. So I had too much time on my hands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you get all the attention in the world and everywhere you go, everything is free. Mm -hmm. and it's, it, was, it was an amazing experience, but the hockey was not the, it yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can get that. But, I mean, as far as, because, you know, um, I don't think a lot of people understand how, how much hockey there is over in Europe. Like, did you, because obviously you, you spoke the language. Wait, actually, I have to ask, is it the same French? Is it the same? Or is it uh, well, I compared to your, French, your English to the English in England. English. Oh, okay, okay. It's so, the same. You can't understand, but, but different but, but, slangs. But you would know right away that you were uh, from France or if you were a French Canadian. Oh, yeah, right absolutely. Away. Okay, yeah. see, we're learning. We're learning here today. Um, but when you're, when you're over in France, like, like I said, I don't think a lot of people know how much hockey is over there. Um, what the French people, they, they enjoy hockey. They, they like it. They like uh, all sports. I'm assuming they all like soccer, but uh, they like hockey too. I don't know that, that much about uh, France's uh, love of the sport. They do. 
They do, but it's a different love for the sport. They like the uh, play, the playmaking. Yeah. They don't like the fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, Unlike, yeah. unlike yeah, Americans yeah. or Canadians, they don't like the fighting. Right, right. Uh, well, that but, part. But, but aren't there a lot of, like, professionals that um, kind of when, uh, like, when they get a little bit older and they kind of want to leave some of that, you know, chippy stuff behind, they go over and they play in Europe because they can play a little bit longer? Yeah. Because it's like, okay, I'm not having to, like, you know, uh, rehab my body after every single game. And, and it's the just, schedule is shorter, too. Yeah, so. So, it's, so it's a little bit easier on you. Um, so, but when you're playing over in France, because I've never had anybody that's played over in France before, um, but when you're playing over in France, is it one of those to where they kind of maintain the same roster year after year, or they kind of uh, switching it around? I mean, are, are things pretty similar besides the amount of games that they play? Are things pretty similar to the leagues? It is pretty similar. Okay. Uh, you have a certain amount of imports, that you can have on the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a full roster of 20 Canadians. or Right, right. Uh, so at the time, it was six. Yeah. And we had seven on our team. So we rotated. Right. So I didn't even play all the games. Yeah. Right? So it was it was very it was difficult to stay focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Savvy, you're in France. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> no, I, could, I could totally understand that. Uh, well, that's cool. Um, so at a certain point, you end up uh, getting into coaching, though. Is that – did you go straight from kind of your, your playing career into coaching, or did you take a little break from hockey, or um, what was that kind of like? What was your uh, post-career life like? So I did play quite a few years after France. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took seven years off. Just from hockey Just in from general? Just from hockey in Just... general. Didn't even put a foot in, a, in the rink yeah. for seven years. Uh, and then uh, got remarried. Mm-hmm. had a new, uh, new son uh, that was interested in playing. Uh, see, this happens um, all the time. Yeah. This is the, got yep. back into coaching a little bit, the youth program in Shreveport. Yeah. Um, by the way, that's where I, I live now. Yeah. Uh, and then kept coaching there and, uh, coach Soupy Campbell, uh-huh. uh, from the Mudbugs, uh, NHL team used to be the first coach for the ETBU Tigers, uh-huh. uh, called me after the first season and asked me if I would be interested in coaching yeah. the college team. And uh, I jumped on on it, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're going from like the little guys to the big guys. It was like yeah, a, yeah. That was uh, that, that was a tough uh, transition. Transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do say this, and I've said this on the podcast quite a few times. But I almost feel like every coach should have to coach mites at least one season. Like, I mean, I think before you coach in the NHL, you should just it should be a prerequisite. Like, you have to like you have to coach kids that are literally like no. Or like, you know what I mean? Or like, I don't want it. And it's like, well, wait, I'm the coach. They're like, I don't care. Like, you just have to get used to, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I think mites, you know, I've coached every age group except for, I think like U16. U16, I think is the only one I haven't coached. Um, but I just, I think the funny thing is about mites is just how you can't, you have to get them to sort of buy into you and sort of like you. You can't just pull the coach card on the mics. Oh, you can't get mad. Yeah, well, you yeah. You just well, cannot well, get mad. Well, the thing is, there's, a, well, and I realized this after it's like, don't you kids see that, like, I'm getting frustrated and mad? And they're like, yeah, that's, that seems really weird because we're just having, we're having fun playing hockey, coach. Like, we don't really know what you're so upset about. And I'm like, oh, I get it. This is the, this is the lesson that I needed to learn uh, coaching mites. But it really helped me, you know? Like, it really Oh, yeah, helped. absolutely. Like, I coached, uh, like, my son now is in 12U, and my other son plays for me at ETBU. Uh-huh. Oh, so cool. I coached uh, 6, 8, 12, 14, 16, 18. I, uh-huh. co- I coached them all, and yeah. it's it, – Every single age group is a different oh, experience. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's just fun to get yeah. something out of, yeah. you know, watching them and coaching them and watching them grow and change. And that, yeah. that's that's yeah. the fun part. No, no, that's awesome. Um, and so I'm going to kind of uh, I'm going to paint a picture here and I'm not going to make any assumptions. But, you know, when you when you're starting, well, you haven't started coaching yet, but your kid is getting involved in hockey. At first, are you like, OK, like. I'm not going to coach. I'm just going to let him play. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay off to the side. Or was it kind of like right away? You're like, okay, if my kid wants to get into it, I have this information and, you know, this hockey knowledge and I'm going to help him. Not that you wouldn't help him, you know, if you weren't coaching, but did you have to kind of convince yourself to get into it or were you ready to come back after seven years? Oh, I was really excited. Okay. So Um, you were ready. ready Yeah, I was excited to go back. Um, I wanted to help ju- not just my son, but everybody around. Yeah. I felt like I had something to give back. Oh, yeah. 
and you know it was just amazing to give back yeah uh, and to give back to those kids yeah uh, but you know my son my sons it's different like they don't listen to me <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter if yeah. I played in the NHL mm -hmm. or they don't want to listen to me they listen to somebody else yeah that maybe have one or two year experience coaching yeah more than they listen to me well hey it is so. not just you uh, my dad was my coach uh, growing up and you know looking back on it you know I I was listening more than I maybe put on. I maybe was uh, uh, listening without trying to act like I was listening because I didn't want him to ever think that he was right. Um, but if I was to make a guess, I would say that they they respect your your knowledge of the sport, but there's just something about just being their dad that's like, uh, like I don't know, you know? It's just they try and like fight it a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's like, I, I want to figure this out on my own. It's yeah. like, well, I could save you a whole lot of time because uh, I do think hockey is one of those sports if you can have somebody you know, with a lot of hockey knowledge, like if you have somebody like that, it saves people a lot of time because there's just a lot of things that you can go in and just, you know, I can look at a kid and say, all right, if you can do these three things differently, like it's going to be a game changer for you. And if I w hadn't come along, I don't know if you would have ever figured that out on your own or if you did, it would have taken you forever. And, you know, it's just yeah. hockey is a sport that it, t it takes a long time to get good at. And if you if you get good, it means that you most likely have been doing it for a long time. And if you've been doing it for a long time, then that most likely means that you can help other people. You know, so it's not uh, it, it's I don't know. I'm I'm assuming that your kids and I don't know if they'll listen to this or not, but I'm assuming like myself, I look back and I'm like, yeah, my dad was right about a bunch of that stuff, you know, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny that and I I end up coaching a lot like my dad and doing things that annoyed me when he coached as well. So there's just certain things about getting old and realizing like, oh, OK, I get it. So and that's funny because I did the same thing with my dad. Too. Yeah, he was one of my coach. Mm -hmm. And then at one point he stopped coaching me, he went and coached uh, higher. Yeah. Uh, and then now I find myself I catch myself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's th what he told me. That's what he did yeah. too. Uh -huh. Yeah, and there and there's there's even times where just the me hearing me say it will just send me back to a memory of my dad. I'm like, oh, like it's either me sounding just like him or reacting in a certain way. But I'm just like, man, a lot of this is just like a little instinctual. You know what I mean? And you yeah. have to almost kind of like uh, uh, pump the brakes on yourself uh, every once in a while. But um, so I do want to get into, uh, I do want to get into the Tigers here. Um, so y you get, uh, you get asked to come, uh, come help out. Was there any, even though that you have the knowledge, was there any sort of reservations about being like, okay, now I have to get, you know, gr young grown men to, to listen to me now? Or um, how did, how did you kind of earn that respect? Cause it, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of coaches like yourself that, that, you know, are very well respected, they get there by, you know, kind of uh, being there for a while and doing the right things. But when you first get there on day one, you kind of have to earn that respect from these young men. Was that difficult for you or was it easy for you or how long did it take? Uh, it was it was difficult at first mm -hmm. um, because I know a lot of hockey, but at that level, I didn't know how to coach it. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So it was a little different for me uh, from the U, like U10 mm -hmm. team that I just teach. Right. These guys know, these guys knew hockey already. Right. So now what do I coach these guys to make them better? Right. To believe in me that I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was tough at the beginning. Uh, I, I consider being a uh, player's coach. Mm -hmm. yep. Get a lot, of, a lot closer than uh, probably most coaches would. Yeah. Uh, you know, I make good friends, good relationships, mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I get them to open up to me and yeah. really tell me the truth. Yeah. Like, yeah. how am I doing here? Like, right. yeah. what should I do to make this a better experience for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's how that's how I got there. And, uh, and I, I would like to consider myself a player's coach as well. I, I think that, and I'm, you know, I haven't coached as long as you, but I think I've coached a while, and I think that I, you know, have a lot of uh, knowledge and info to share. My my thing that I I struggle with sometimes is that line of being a player's coach, but then also simultaneously like needing to keep them in check. And then some, you know, sometimes, and this usually happens more at the beginning of the season, players will mistake me being a player's coach with being a pushover or being, you know, X or Y. So it's hard because I, I, I think that you can get 
the most out of your players by being a player's coach, but I think it's more difficult than it sounds because it's not necessarily like being everyone's best friend all the time. No, it's not. So, you know. It's tough love sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they, my players know the line. Yeah. Uh, and they know that when they mess up, yeah. they mess up, you know, they, they're going to know about it. Yeah. Like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But it, I consider all the guys on the team my sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's how I treat my kids the same way. Like, yep. We can be friends, but at a certain point, yeah, you're going to know that we're not. Yeah, yeah. And, no, so. it's funny. Whenever, uh, whenever I have to bag skate, you know, any of my teams or, or do anything like that, I, I usually end up just kind of like not feeling bad, but, you know, just kind of do a thing. I'm like, I'm doing this because I care. I'm doing, you know, it's one of yeah. those things like, I am doing this because I care so much, you know, and, and looking at that, you would think like, oh, you don't care. It's like, no, I do. That's why I'm doing this. Like, but yeah. they need to know that that's why it is. And that, you know, because I'm coaching JV bronze high school. So this is a lot of I'm kind of in that stage to where it's their first season of what I would consider to be competitive, non-recreational hockey. So it's the, you know, it's that, that first meeting that we have, if you will, it's one of those things to where, you know, not everybody's going to get the same amount of ice time. And this is a first for a lot of you kids and you will be held accountable and you, you know, it's, it's, it's their first time to kind of uh, have to realize that, just signing up for something doesn't mean anything and that they have to earn something, you know, and it's, and for some kids, and I'm not going to say that, you know, kids these days or whatever, but there's just some kids that like, that's just a, such a foreign concept to them. But obviously when you get kind of into the, you know, coaching college, like those kids have already gone, kind of gone through that to where they show up and they know already that they have to earn their spot, if you will. Uh, They do, but I'll go back to what you said. Some of the players that we recruit, they they always been their best player on the team. Oh, yeah. yeah, So they come to us, and we have everybody's best players. Uh So now he's not the best player. He's one of nine, ten of them. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's not going to get the same amount of ice time he used to get back where he came from. Yeah. So it's tough. It's It's a tough transition for them. Uh, but once they all find their spot and where they belong on the team, that's what makes us so successful. Yeah, yeah. I, and I almost think, because I'm from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, originally, and I have really felt like Tulsa, they bred a bunch of players just like what you were talking about, because, you know, we had a lot of really good teams, but, you know, our really, really good players would eventually have to, like, move. So they would, you know, more often than not, because uh, Dallas hockey back then was good, but it still wasn't good enough to where if, you know, you were going to move, you are going to move to Dallas. But they usually end up moving up north, and a lot of kids would come back home because they were just by far the best player down in Tulsa and then did not know how to, they didn't know how to handle that not being the case anymore. And it, it was just one of those where they can't, and then it, it, what's funny is most of the time they'd, they'd come home and they just, like, were never the same player again. And it's one of those, like, they just felt defeated, and it's like, man, like, uh, and I don't know how these went for them and their, you know, individual, uh, you know, things, but it's almost one of those where, you know, let's say that you're number one goal scorer and you hop on a new team and you don't think there's a good chance you're going to be a number one goal scorer. It's like, okay, like, I need to adapt. You know, I should be a good enough hockey player that I can adapt to being a third line, whatever. I can be a grinder. I can be defensive player. I can be, I feel like those are the players because there's not that many just pure natural you know, goal scores. You know what I mean? And you also don't need a full team of them. If it kind no. of makes sense. No. So it's like you got you to gotta build it, you know, you got to shape it and make it work. And what I tell my guys is I, I lived it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was the goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then every year I was the goal scorer, but I was scoring two goals, three goals a game. Mm-hmm. But did we win? No. Right. Did we win a championship? Never. Right, yeah. And then when I got I got traded from Corpus Christi to uh, the Shreveport Mudbugs in uh, Western Professional Hockey League back okay, in the day. Okay, so that's what, that's what I thought the <clears throat> CHO yeah. Okay, yeah. And then uh, when I got on the Mudbugs, I, I became a third-line player mm-hmm. on the checkup line, yeah. and I had to adapt to that. I was tough. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, hey, I'm not scoring and we're winning. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is like, fun. This Winning's is fun. fun. Yeah, like, win, yeah. I'm enjoying this. Right, the, yeah. the pressure went from, you know, 100 uh-huh. to yeah. 60, and 
uh, I'm still enjoying the game yeah. and loving the game, and we won a championship that year. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's just... so, so I do have a, a goal-scoring question from you, because like I said, I, I do think that a lot of like uh, really good goal scorers, because I, I think I'm a good hockey player, but I've never been you know a natural goal scorer, if you will. There's something to it when you watch natural goal scorers, though. There's like a certain amount of just like patience that they have. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if you watch me, like, yeah, a lot of times, like, if I score a goal, it's kind of because I kind of see something open and I take a shot. But there's just kind of like a natural patience that just really good uh, goal scorers have. What type of goal scorer do you think that you were? Um, I mean, were you a guy that kind of just, you know, not just stood in front of the net? You know, did you have a hard shot? Did you, what, what are the majority of your goals? If we're thinking about your goals like a, a pie chart, what, what takes up the biggest piece of that pie? How, like, what type of goals are we scoring here? Coming on the right wing. Coming down the right wing? On the power play on the right side. Are you left-handed? I'm a left-hander. So you're coming down the right side as a left-hander. Do you stay yeah. or do you cut to the middle? Or? It really depends. I was yeah. patient, like you said. Yeah. Um, made a lot of room for myself with my speed. Yeah. Uh, I could – my shot wasn't the hardest, but I could put it in a – Where you need it to. You know, three-by-three three hole. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, it was a lot of patience, good shot. Yeah. Just – you know, finding the right place at the right moment, getting open in the right areas. Yeah. See, I'm I'm uh, I'm right-handed and I play left wing, so I always like kind of play oh, yeah. offside. And I know I know that not everybody does, but I always try and tell my kids, I'm like, hey, you should really at least try it. Like, there's some of them that you know. Now, granted, if if I wanted to, I'm gonna put them in whatever position they want. But it's just there there's something there's something to it. I I really feel like I can stay on my forehand longer if I want to cut to the middle. You know, I I feel like if I'm right-handed playing on the right side, I feel like I'm just more limited in the plays I can make. All you see is the board. Right, yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's a little bit safer, if you will, but it's not, you know, there's just, I, I don't know. I just get a little frustrated. So uh, I don't know. But for anybody listening, it, it is something that uh, you should try. Uh, we got the goal scorer here, and he plays, uh, I always call it off wing. Is that what you call it? Off wing, yep. Yep, just call it off wing. But yeah, uh, kids, try it. It, it really works. Um, anyway, uh, so let's get back into uh, Tiger Talk here, real quick. Um, so I've been down here, let's see. Um, this would be, I'm going on my almost fourth year. So, um, and I didn't really know, I moved down here from Vermont, um, but I didn't really know a whole lot about uh, ACHA hockey, college hockey down here, really, you know, didn't know. Um, so we started having these college tournaments and, you know, I knew, uh, I knew TCU and I knew that, uh, you know, University of Texas, like there were certain colleges I, I knew existed and I knew that had hockey teams, but I did not know that uh, ETBU was a college. Now, granted, I had never lived down here, so I hope everybody gives me a little bit of leeway there. Um, <laughs> but it, it was one of those things, the first time, uh, you know, you guys step out on the ice, I'm like, what is this team? You know, because I didn't even know ETBU was a college. And I'm like, this team, you guys were, were, were fast, you, and you guys look great just with your gear and everything. But that, that it was, yeah, three years ago, and I don't know if you, you can remember, but like, they, they were just, they, they, they were, I was just really not surprised that you guys were good, but that ETBU just showed up and just, you guys had such an amount of skill and speed and everything. Um, how much of that is just kind of, uh, how big a part of that is you in, uh, as far as getting these kids to come and play? Because I'm assuming that this has to be a place that these better kids want to play because every, every year I just think you guys get better and better and better. Um, when I watched you guys this weekend, you guys have so much depth. I couldn't tell where your first line was. Or third, I couldn't even tell just because everybody that was out there was just so good. But how was, how was that process and kind of building that um, organization, you, if you will, um, from when you first got there to where it is now? Because, like you said, you have two teams now, um, both full benches. I mean, can you kind of take us through how that happened? Uh, I mean, it, it's all good things, but can you kind of walk us through it? Yeah. So uh, it's all, it, it all starts at the school, uh, the Athletic department, we have the full support from the athletic department. Unlike any other team in Texas uh, that is player-ran, uh, we, we run the, the things in uh, East Texas a little different. Mm -hmm. We have a coaching staff. We have a general manager. Um, they give us all the tools to go recruiting. Uh, like this weekend, I'm here in Dallas recruiting. Um, it's just putting the work in. Yeah. Uh, me and my assistant coach and my GM, uh, Ryan Irwin is our athletic director, GM, general mm -hmm. manager of the hockey program. Uh, we all put our hands into recruiting. Uh, we work year yep. round. It's it's a nonstop machine that's rolling. Yep. Um, but we're 
with, with that, we have some guys that are coming in and we treat them what I think is very good. Yeah. Um, they, it's free to play at ETBU. There's no cost. We provide full gear for you. Mm-hmm. We give you two sticks to start the season with. Um, travel is all paid for, charter bus, meals, o- all the hotels. Yeah. Everything is paid for. Yep. Uh, so when you treat a kid that well, he'll go home and tell his friends, his buddies that are good hockey players, hey, yeah. you should come yeah. over here. And we're winning on top of it. So it's it, it just it's yeah. just a, a good will that you know is rolling. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it keeps rolling. I know at some point, you know, we'll have a, a season where we'll have to rebuild. Yeah. Uh, but right now, it's going for in our favor. Um, we have yeah. It's just a recruiting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the person that's doing it all. We have a good team that yeah. works together. And that's that's how we're successful. Hey, no, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome there. Um, I do have to say, like I said, you know, kind of going back to the, just the the games that I saw this weekend and the way that you guys play, you guys play really well just as a team and like supporting the puck and staying in emo- like your guys are always moving their feet. Like it's the type of hockey that like I. I like I want to get my team there. My, my high school team isn't you know the greatest. We're you know probably in the uh, bottom half, if you will. But it's one of those things. that's like that's what I'm trying to get them to do. It's almost like I wish I could bring my high school team and have them watch your college team because it's just it's really pretty. Like when it all works out and it, everybody's playing together, it's like that's what it looks like, you know. Um, but I think you probably have something to do with that, right? Since you're the head coach. Well, right? yeah. I mean, <laughs> we we practice a lot of the puck support is that's where it's all at. Yeah, they they, they yeah. always support and doesn't as you know. It doesn't always have to be the same too, but they're oh, there's just always yeah. that guy. There's always that support there. It's just it's really good what. If you have a support guy and two options, you should be good to go. Oh yeah, and that's why I tell the guys, yeah. and that's why we practice uh, breakouts, regroups. Yeah. Uh, even in the ozone, yep. uh, you always have to have options. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like uh, the way I've always kind of described it is, you know, you kind of when you're playing the game of hockey in the back of your mind, you kind of have a list of options. But then you also have like risk and reward ratios, if you will. You know what I mean? So uh, one thing I'm trying to get my team to realize is that if they have a support guy, they have a thing that's like very, very just it's a low risk play that we're still going to keep possession of the puck. Like, but, you know, and not to say that you can't ever make that riskier play, but to have both of those options is going to make everything a lot easier for everybody, and especially a lot harder for uh, the, the defense, because it's just when you have that puck support, you know, you have the advantage because you have the puck, and that's what I'm trying to get them to understand. And if you have somebody that you can, you know, dish it to or someone to support, their thing is sometimes they don't realize the, like, when to support and when they're, like, too close and when they're, you know, they're, they're, their spacing isn't quite where I want it. But your guys, you guys are, like, spaced just perfectly apart. I don't know. It was just a lot of fun to watch. Oh, there's some games we, we're not. <laughs> exactly. It's not all the time. <laughs> it's not all the time. Every yeah. once in a while. No, we like to play uh, east-west a lot. Yeah. And until we draw a few guys, and then we go in yeah. north and south. So. Well, and so because I've always been an east-west guy, because that's how my dad, my dad was always east-west, east-west. But now you hear a lot of people are like, oh, no, the game's just north-south now. And I'm like, yeah, like, that doesn't, you know, unless you, like, everything has to work out absolutely 100%. Like, to just go north and south. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, like, that's not really how things, I don't know. Teams are getting too good defensively and figuring it out. I think that worked maybe, I don't know, a handful of years ago, but just the, the defensemen are better skaters now. Like, there's just, uh, you know, the game's, it's kind of, it, it, it's like the game changes in one direction, and then it, like, the, something happens because of that change. So it's like the game got faster, now the defensemen are getting yep. faster. So now I think that the forwards or offenses on teams are going to have to go back to, like we were saying, that east-west type of hockey instead of just trying to because you can't outskate a lot of these defensemen anymore like you used to be able to but uh either way um so as far as your season this season um because i kind of wanted to get into this um so as far as your two teams that you have um what divisions so they're both in acha but are they in different divisions can you explain that to me real quick so we're both in acha uh we have a division two uh, team is the one you saw play against CCU this weekend. Oh, okay. And the Division Three is the one you saw playing against Baylor two weekends ago. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So we have two different divisions. Uh, the Division Three is a brand new team. It's mm-hmm. a new a new team this first year. Yeah. Uh, next year we're hopefully joining the same division as same conference 
as uh, UNT mm-hmm. and DBU. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have uh, more home games and we'll have a conference to play in and uh, yeah. be more fun for the guys. Oh, nice, nice. So do you do you stay in contact with a lot of, like, your uh, old players that you used to coach? Because, you know, you said that you treat a lot of them like, you know, your sons. Um, but, I mean, do you, get, do you get, like, the wedding invitations? Do you get the, you know, do you, uh, you still talk to any of your guys? Well, unfortunately, nobody got married yet. Nobody got married yet? No, not yet. No, uh, but, yeah, I stay in contact with them. Most of them live in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, we had a few this weekend come in and watch our team. Uh, yeah. We hang out a little bit. Yeah, we, we keep in contact. And there was one. Uh, so there's one uh, that plays. Uh, he's playing for the Barracudas right now, and I can't remember what his Michael name Garvey. Is. Really good, uh, really good player. And then there was one uh, tall lefty defenseman, great player. Um, he must have graduated last year, last season, maybe the season before that. I think he was your captain, Skyler Spiller. Okay, yeah, I kind of yeah. had that longer hair or whatever. Yep. But man, watching that guy play, I'm like, man, he—he he was guy. a beast. Oh man, like he, like it's one of the like you know people are like, yeah, tall, like strong, but it's just like he could do all the things. Like it wasn't just that he was like tall and strong on the puck. Like he was a great skater, like great shooter, great whatever. I'm like, man, like he just he stood out, like for sure. Like, yeah, it was a big loss for it. You know, when we lost him, it was a big loss. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. But I'm, I'm assuming he was a good captain. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, so, so as far as the uh, the, the season going here, um, who, what teams are you guys playing against? I mean, um, you know, because I wish I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about the AC, the way that the ACHA is, is set up. But as far as the uh, your Division Two team, I mean, uh, do you have a schedule out as far as like? Um, uh, who, like what teams you're playing and then how long is that and you know where do you guys think that you'll fall at the uh, end of the season so yes we do have a schedule it's on our website tbetbu.edu mm-hmm. um we uh we've played 16 games so far mm-hmm. uh we're 14 and 2 uh we the first ranking came out uh, saturday mm-hmm. and we were ranked rank four in our region Nice. So that, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're going to uh, play in uh, next weekend coming up, UT. Mm-hmm. And then we play UT at home. And we'll be done for Christmas break. Yeah. Uh, so college hockey uh, goes with school, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So when school is over, there's no hockey. Mm-hmm. So we have about a month off uh, from December to January. Mm-hmm. And then we take uh, the ice again January 7th. Uh, practice four or five times, then we have a travel uh, to Colorado. Oh, nice. Going to Colorado for four games. Who are you playing up there? Uh, DU, um, Weber State, and Northern Arizona, and there's one more. I'm yeah. not. Uh, uh, yeah, CSU was down here a couple of weeks ago, and they, they were really good too. Uh, uh, we CSU? Yeah, I think it's Colorado State. I think it was. Okay, the, the yeah, Rams. we played Northern Colorado. Okay, yeah, yeah they were down we're... here playing TCU actually. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. We played them on Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, very, very. But yeah, no. After that, uh, we have playoffs. Yeah. Regionals, hopefully nationals. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we're going in the right direction. Hopefully, all the wheels are still on the wagon when we get to the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, injuries, suspensions—you never know what what happens during a season, but. Yeah. Uh, knocking on wood, uh, hopefully we're uh, good to go and go to regionals. Yeah. Well, first of all, win TCHC, our Texans conf- Conference. Yep. That'd be our first for all for us. We mm-hmm. never won the TCHC. Yeah. Uh, that's that's our primary goal this year, and then whatever happens after no. happens. No, that's awesome. So would you say that you have, like, a, a younger team, or um, or is there a lot of guys that are getting ready to graduate, or, or what's uh, what's the dynamic of your team and that, that aspect of it? So I'm really happy because we have a very young team. Mm-hmm. I have 13 freshmen on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, five guys that are leaving. Um so, yeah, we're, we're still going to be pretty strong next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already recruited some guys to replace those guys leaving. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're on top of it. Well, yeah, no, that's good. And especially I, I can just, <clears throat> from a coaching perspective, it's like, you know, the more guys, that, the more good guys that you can get that are younger, that are going to stay. Because once you can get those guys to stay together and buy in, like those really, really good teams, they, a lot of those kids have played together for, you know, years and years and years. Yeah. And, that's when you can really start to kind of like see it out on the ice because you know it's a, everybody plays a little bit differently and it's just there's a 
a lot of bonding that's going on. But as far as the bonding is concerned, is, is the team, uh, they're, they're gelling, they're getting, they're getting along. Because, you know, sometimes you can have, uh, I don't know if you've been in this boat before, but you can have a successful, you know, uh, season on paper. Uh, but as far as the way that maybe the, you know, behavior during the season, maybe it's not, you know, sometimes the best, but uh, the team's getting along well and, and gelling together for being so young. Yeah, so uh, what we did, me and Ryan Grushka, my assistant coach this year, is last year we went out and recruited. Uh, most of the guys we recruited were captain or assistant captain on their team. Okay. Uh, that's something we look into yep. when we recruit. We like good leaders. Um, and I'll be honest, I, nothing not knocking the teams we had in the prior seasons, uh, but uh, this team has something special. Mm -hmm. There's not any clicks. Yep. There's everybody's together all the time. There's just yep. there's something special. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we don't have ice in Shreveport because of the fair. Yep. The past four weeks, we haven't been able to skate. Um, but we do off-ice training. Yep. And we did uh, two days of cardio next week. Uh, last week. Yep. The second day on the Wednesday, it was a tough one. Yeah. Like, okay. I... I wouldn't have done it. Right. It, it, it was pretty <laughs> yeah. tough. But, uh, yeah, blew the whistle. You know, every time the guys went, not a complaint. Yeah. Like, it was just fun to watch and right. enjoy the guys working hard, pushing each other. Yeah. And, oh, we got something special. Well, that's good. And it, it's cool. I, I like whenever you can – and it doesn't always happen, but I really like from a coaching perspective when you can – when you can, when a when a player shows their character, and not even on purpose, you know what I mean. But you just like see it, and you're like, oh, great, that's awesome, you know. Yeah. It's like they're not even trying to, because there's sometimes they try and yes, coach, yeah. It's like no, like it'll come. Like I'm gonna see your character. Like you yeah. know, you don't have to push it. Like I'll see it at a certain point, then I'll kind of make my decision from there. Um, but no, I was going to ask you about the ice though, because um, I was gonna ask where you guys were skating, because I. I thought I read an article somewhere that you guys are having to, to kind of travel a bit uh, bit to skate, but uh, as far as the ice in Shreveport, that is close by, or is that not close by? Uh, so it's about 30 minutes down the road. Okay, so but it's, it's just not, not always far. available. Yeah, it's not, well, right now they have the, it, we're on the state uh, fairground, okay, yep, Louisiana yep. State Fair, and they have a fair right now, oh. and it lasts for about a month. Yeah. But there's no ice during that time, Yeah. so we, we were not able to skate anywhere. Uh, we, we do rent a little uh, uh, skating rink mm -hmm. in Kilgore, Texas, Texas, and we play a little three-on-three uh, -three ball hockey hey, during the go. week. So just try to keep the guy engaged and well, hey, have I, a little fun. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that they uh, hadn't been, you know, been on the ice in four weeks. I thought they, uh, I thought they looked really good. But uh, anyway, um, we're getting a little bit uh, closer on time here. Um, is there anything that you kind of wanted to go over? I know that you said that you'd listened to, you know, a couple of uh, uh, previous episodes with uh, some people that you might have known. Uh, we do the shout out at the end, um, but before we do the shout out, is the is there any uh, uh, any information that that I might have missed about uh, uh, ETBU or anything that we got going on in the future? Or do we cover everything? I think we covered it pretty much everything. I think we did. I think we did. Uh, I think we did a good job here today. Um, well, anyway, um, so I'm going to give you the rules of the shout out here, and I hope, uh, I hope, I hope this doesn't put you on the spot. But that's kind of the, this is kind of why we don't tell you about the shout out. Um, but the shout out is this: you just have to put something out uh, vocally into the universe. It has to be positive. It doesn't have to be about hockey, um, but it could be a thought. Um, it could be a shout out to family, uh, friends. Uh, it could be. A uh, coaching slogan. It could be uh, anything, anything positive. All right. Well, I'll do a little something for you. Oh, there you go. All right. All right. So uh, I'll do a little shout out to my family. Okay, that's good. Cool. Uh, my kids, uh, my six kids, and my wife. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I'll tell you a little something positive here. Um, I have a lot of friends back home right now in Shreveport that are struggling mm -hmm. uh, with depression and all that, uh, but they fall short on being themselves mm -hmm. and just trying harder. So I'll just say, uh, if you really want to change, you got, you got to change yourself first. Oh right? yeah. So, uh, just stay positive and, uh, keep going in the right direction and try, keep trying every day. Yeah, no. And, and, and we do have to keep trying every day. And there's, um, I think one of the things that, uh, and I haven't necessarily <clears throat> gotten into this a whole lot, you know, in the podcast before, but, um, I always kind of talk about like the breaks that we take in between uh, where you say your post career and then kind of like when you start playing hockey again. 
And um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of piggyback off of yours. Um, but I always consider that time where I wasn't surrounded by the hockey community and wasn't skating and wasn't on the ice, it was probably like my least healthy uh, period of my whole entire life. Um, so I will say this, if there are people that are out there uh, that are struggling and you haven't put the skates on in a while or haven't been to the rink, go to the rink, okay? I, if I'm ever kind of feeling down, I just go to the rink and I almost never, ever, ever leave feeling any worse. Um, and sometimes that's because I'm getting a good skate in or a good exercise, but a lot of times it's just because at the rink is where, I don't know, it's where your, your friends are at or your teammates or your, uh, I call them your rink family, but um, it's kind of like this is just a place that always kind of has uh, the support as long as you yourself are also invested in that community. So whether or not you're uh, coaching or playing, as long as you're positive within that community, uh, you can kind of go and I kind of call it like maybe a, an energy withdrawal. So like you're, you're, it's like you're going to the bank, but instead of withdrawing money, you're just you're withdrawing good energy that you can get at the rink. And it's almost one of those, uh, you know, people just like to share the, the, good, the good times in the rink. So that's going to be my shout out. So I piggybacked off yours. That's okay. That's but it's wonderful. It's, but it's one of those like, you know, if, if you're feeling down. Go to the rink. Once I got back, once I got back out on the ice and around my uh, my rink family, um, my life changed. It really did. And like I said, those few years that I wasn't around it, um, I just uh, I wasn't having as much fun and, and wasn't doing the right things. But uh, anyway, uh, well, Alan, I think this was uh, I think this was a good one. I'm really glad that we were able to do this, um, and I just really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, no, I I'm glad that we were finally able to do this and. I don't know. I might bug you again in the future at some point. I, if I ever have like good ones, I always get these ideas of bringing people back for these like coaching roundtable type deals. So anyway, I probably will bug you again at some point. Let's do it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm going to go ahead and do the Matt Taylor list here. Um, you can check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram. We don't really do a lot with that. Um, and also, check out Rube's Brews. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram. They do a lot of Instagram stuff. And uh, Facebook. You can check them out there. Um, all right, Alan, I think that was everything. You good to go? Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks, you, or thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, check us out every Thursday. All right. Later, guys.